Welcome to Sports Best on the Believe Podcast Network here at Sports Best. Our staff gets rid of the worst to only give you the best. I'm Larry Olson, and my back still hurts from moving Andrew's couch over the weekend. He is the one and only Andrew Keller, who has some new couches. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Two new couches and a herniated disc. Ooh, oh, I need a heat pack, heat pack. Um, I'd like to start this way, Andrew. Things are beginning to heat up in the sports world. Coming very soon, as soon as next week for soccer, we're going to have hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, and eventually football in the next few weeks. Which sport are you most excited about having back? From all the reporting we've done on basketball, I'm the most excited about basketball because I'm curious to see the social experiment of them being in the bubble and how they interact with everyone and interact with the rest of the world. It seems like the other sports are kind of giving people uh, freedom to do what they want, but with the basketball, it seems more, more contained. So I think Ooh. people are going to go crazy. You're going to go with – you want the bubble sport. Yeah. Also, I love – I don't know. I think you might know this. Basketball players are notoriously known for gambling on the planes. Have you heard the? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, they play your game, Bure. Yeah, they play Bure. And I think maybe this might be a concentrated version of people playing Bure because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, I never thought of it. It's like one big plane flight for them. Yeah. <laughs> no other distraction other than to gamble with each other. And I think I, think I would bet big. You know, it's funny. On this week's show, I believe we're talking about the Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. Al Gilbert Arenas, who was once uh, on the uh, Wizards, lost like a million dollars, and he got into this huge game. Like someone owed him a million dollars because of the yeah. game Bu-ray, and they wouldn't pay up, and so he brought a gun to practice and said, you pay up. Yeah, but then we find out that he's, he's a nice guy. But, he, but, but if someone owes you a million dollars, I mean, <laughs> at what point do you have the right to pull a gun? Maybe once you cross the threshold of a quarter million. I don't know. But I mean, listen, you've had a day job at some particular point. Would you ever have brought a gun in because uh, Kevin didn't pay you the million dollars he owed you from the poker tournament? No, probably not. I would just bring in a crowbar or <laughs> I would call, call Tanya Harding's husband. Okay, do you know what sport never took a break, Andrew? Because we seem to be talking about it every single week. Korean baseball. That's true, but also <laughs> golf. Yes. Golf is not taking a break. Well, they did take a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, great story last week at the Travelers Championship. Dustin Johnson won. So listen to this. He won for the 13th year in a row. He's won a tournament every year for 13 years. That's nuts. At that's some point, crazy. that's unlucky. A lot of buildings don't put a 13th floor in. Santa Monica doesn't have 13th Street. It's called Euclid. Dang it. I wasn't even thinking about that. I don't know. It might be unlucky. DJ and all uh, hanging out with his father-in-law, um, Wayne Gretzky. And his, uh, shall we say, whether nice on the eyes looking wife yes. thank you very much um and it's funny you say that because i was watching apollo 13 last night and jim lovell gets moved up to the mission mm -hmm. and his wife goes of course it's called apollo 13 i wasn't yeah. even thinking about that foreshadowing foreshadow foreshadow right there um so Dustin, he he won the tournament only by the way arnold palmer jack nicholas and tiger woods have won tournaments for straight for longer than 13 years so big kudos to him that's amazing although the big story of golf continues to be mr covid mr yeah. covid 19 three more positive tests of players that played in the travelers championship last week two wow. weeks ago at the rbc heritage a couple of golfers and some caddies tested positive so did a guy named nick watney so that's two weeks ago mm -hmm. and he's saying have you heard of this um it's called the the whoop watch oh. have you uh, heard of this i hadn't heard of it until today uh it sounds 
It's like a Fitbit on steroids, right? It's like this crazy Fitbit on steroids. Basically, it's sort of, he, he got it. He originally got it because he wanted to study his sleep patterns. Mm. So he's kind of watching to see how many breaths he takes. And so it's like something like he normally takes like 18 breaths of a moment or I don't know, whatever, a metric second. I don't know, whatever the case mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So he's watching his hoop and he sees that he's only taking like 14 breaths a second. Uh-huh. So he goes like, hey, something's wrong with my breathing. So then he goes, I got to get a COVID test. And sure enough, the whoop watch predicted that he had coronavirus. Wow. That's the most socially responsible thing I've heard of. I heard that the whoop people were, that's such a weird name. (laughs) They published an article about um, all of their users who had 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 Corona or COVID. And that's kind of how he he noticed it. And I think one of the most frustrating things is, is you don't, everyone's symptoms are different. Like you can have it. Comedian Michael Yo got it he was in the hospital he uh he was on the joe rogan podcast talking about this he thought he was gonna die they were considering putting him on a ventilator he was in the icu for two weeks he gets out and he found out unfortunately he had given to his parents who are in their 70s i think they're older his mom had a fever for one day and uh and then got better and so now she's just talking trash to him she's like you're you're soft you do the icu on the head for one day so yeah is has he been has he been quarantined he's been quarantined so he's like super bored so this tournament the rbc heritage was in south carolina he's yeah. still he's like two weeks into this quarantine because he didn't want to go back to his family he's right. sitting in south carolina all by himself while the golfers and his family and everybody else is somewhere else that's crazy <laughs> So one thing I think would be amazing to have happen right now during quarantine is to get a check just for doing nothing. Have you heard of Bobby Bonilla Day? Oh, I love me some Bobby Bo. So he uh, he retired in 2001, but he's going to be making $1.2 million what? every year from the Mets until the year 2035. What? So apparently back in, I think it was 99, he was playing for the Mets and they wanted to get rid of him. And uh, the owner, uh, Fred Wilpon, was uh, thinking he was getting a great deal with his Bernie Madoff in de- investments. And so he deferred payment. His um, Bonilla's agent, Dennis Gilbert, negotiated a deferred payment with 8% interest. And so, <clears throat> from ne- so starting in 2011 until 2035, he's going to be making $1.2 million a year. Uh, at the end of the day, that's about $30 million. Is there any way that we could get his agent to be our agent, Andrew? Is there a way we could get him? Yeah. Defer our payments for 10 years and then go. <laughs> I th- when I read this, I thought of Brett Favre for the first time, who famously turned down $20 million to not play. Because remember when he was done with the Packers, he was looking around. Do you remember that? But, I mean, he was, like, old and his legs hurt. It's like, I understand that. No, but the the Packers were saying, we're going to pay you $20 million to not play oh. football anymore and not oh. go to anywhere else. That's a bad choice. Well, he, he took the money. He ended up – well, he turned down the $20 million, ended up playing for three more years and made $40 million. <laughs> Once again, though, he's got no knees. He could have $20 million to be sitting in front of the TV, he took 40 and got crunched for another couple. Well, I guess with that perspective – Maybe, but I figure career earnings of $141 million, you can buy a couple knees. Can I just say this real quickly before we move on? Um, my family plays sports best bingo. Yes. And nobody thought they were ever going to get the Bobby Bonilla square. 
Yes. And we, are, we crossed that off this week. So I really appreciate that story. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm always <laughs> digging deep so we can get that bingo game going. All right. We talked about this, I believe, last week or a couple of weeks ago, that the San Francisco Giants were going to do this program where you could send pictures to the team, mm-hmm. and then we're going to put them on a cardboard cutout, and then they were going to put them at seats around the ballpark. Okay. Korean baseball teams have done that. I guess I don't know if other teams are doing that. The Giants are going to do that. Yeah. Well, the A's, which are in the same region, Oakland and San Francisco, are sort of copying the Giants, and they are going to do a similar program where you send them a picture, they put it on a cutout, they put it around stands, except for the fact that the A's are going to have a foul ball zone with cutouts. Nice. So for 129 bucks, you send them the picture, they put it on a cutout, and they put it in this foul ball zone. And if a foul ball from the game hits your cutout, they give you the foul ball. Yes. So I should do that because I owe you a foul ball. You totally owe me a foul ball. Would you, would you do that? Would you do it even if it was for 10 bucks? Would you, would you put your cardboard cutout there? Well, that's funny you said it because I've definitely debated sending a picture to the A's and or the Giants because I think this is really cool. But how would you even know? Like, you, you'd send this would. off. with. Are they going to send you a picture of it? I don't a think they of- would. No. I think maybe you're going to catch it on TV. I was famously an extra in the movie Any Given Sunday. They were of course they you filmed were. at uh, Texas Stadium, and uh, you can't tell. So I think it's going to be the same thing. It's just going to be a sea of pictures. It'll look cool, and it'll be nostalgic. So did you slow-mo your scenes and, like, you just really couldn't see yourself in there? They just pan over, and it's a sea of people. And they, they filled one section. They CGI'd to fill up the whole stadium. Any given Sunday, is that the Al Pacino? Yeah, and Jamie Foxx. Jamie <laughs> Remember that song? <laughs> Jamie Foxx had a song. He, like, had a – he was the quarterback, and he had a, a whole, like, music video and stuff. Beaming. My question to you is, would you pay to put your picture in a kayak for McCovey Cove for a home run hit at AT and T Oracle. You know, I think. I mean, I would, by the way, because I've already said that I would think about spending the hundred bucks for the my cutout there. But I think they're going to let kayakers out in the McCovey Cove just in general. I think that's a social distance. Oh. I think they're going to, you know. Okay. But but a remote controlled boat with your picture, maybe you know. I think we're taking this. Um, lastly, though, before we go on, um, so the Giants did this first, then the A's copied it, then the A's president sent this tweet out. He said, we're also having a visiting fan zone. So fans of the Giants, for instance, can buy cutouts, uh-huh. and we will conveniently be putting those cutouts in the seagull zone where the birds can perform target practice on Giants fans. I like that. Not very nice. Seagulls are not very nice. Have you ever been charged by a seagull? You know what? I could safely say no. Wow. Seagulls will charge you. Yeah. <laughs> My fiance famously hates seagulls more than any other creature in the world. She gets so mad at the beach when we see him. So watch out for seagulls. Everyone's getting on the game of making content around sports stars. But I don't know if you saw, there's a Netflix series that's going to come out. Um, about Colin Kaepernick, this filmmaker, Ava DuVernay, who created and directed the Netflix series, Now They See Us, teamed up with Colin Kaepernick to produce a six-episode program that follows his upbringing and how he became a national icon for protesting protesting police brutality and fighting for racial injustice. I think it'll be interesting 
he's from he grew up in the bay area i think turlock turlock right yeah there's not much good to say about turlock stop it easy i i saw this story and they're going to hire an actor to play young kaepernick but they're going to use him to play present day kaepernick and i think that's a bad idea so like he's gonna have to act or something yeah, the the way this reads is they're going to have him as an actor, which I think is going to take away from the story. I can't think of a, of a movie where someone, like, recreates themselves. They had the blind side, Frank Orr, what was his name? Orr? Yeah, whatever, something like that. Or yeah, he didn't play himself. And then I think one of the best examples of it was O'Shea Jackson um, playing his dad in Straight Outta Compton. I thought that, was, <laughs> that worked out well. Did you see Straight Outta Compton? I saw, love that movie. I don't know. I, I think if you... I live that movie, by the way, but go on. Colin, to me, seems like a pretty introverted person. Like, he, he, he's, he's made political stands, and I think he's doing a lot of great stuff for changing the, the world. But, like, I don't think he's that comfortable on camera, and him trying to play himself. I don't know. What hey, do you think? Would you watch this? Hey, I feel like you're trying to put the most famous University of Nevada Reno product in a box. Let's just see what happens, Andrew. All right. I'll I mean, give him the benefit of the doubt. I guess yeah. no one else can play him. He is himself, and he is current-day Kaepernick. He's 32 years old. Now I like your thinking. Now I think you're thinking outside the box. Okay. I'm definitely going to watch this. I think it's super cool. He's got a great story. He was adopted, as you know, by mm-hmm. white parents. He's a black guy. And listen, once again, I don't know if you know this, the University of Nevada Reno project – could be one of the top uh, civil rights icons of our generation. And he happened to come from, once again, a little humble university called Nevada Reno. I think it's going to be a great story. Nevada Reno? Nevada Reno. UNR. It's University of Nevada. So today is July 1st. The Tour de France should be happening right now, but they postponed it. It's ah! going to be in September this year. That's Have not you ever watched a stage of the Tour de France? One stage. Yeah, in 2001, I watched it. Because of Lance? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, just... not specifically because of him. Someone I knew was huge into cycling, and he got me to watch it. it I would have I, I taken 10% chance you'd actually seen the stage, but go on. I digress. Have you? I love the Tour de France. Love, 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 love the Tour de France. Wow. I would have taken 10% chance that you'd seen any of it, but it sounds like you watched all of them. I, was, I, was, I vividly remember when Lance started because there was lots of buzz about Lance, and I was like, yeah. oh, he's, he's going to do it. And then I made a bet with somebody – he won the first year. The second year that he had, he was in the tour. Someone bet me that he would lose. Oh. And they said, if, if, he, if whoever loses has to ride their bike to San Jose. I did not ride my bike to San Jose. Continue. There you go. So have you heard of Zwift? Zwift? It's, it's like, like a, a virtual company, something? Yeah, they do a virtual. It's kind of like Peloton, I think. But they Peloton. do track. Yeah, they do tracking. They announced they're going to host a virtual tour to France. It's like six stages. So all the professional people don't get burnt out. But uh, I, I saw this, that they're going to do it. And I was wondering if Kirk was going to try to sign up to be part of the virtual <laughs> Tour de France. You know what? If he does, we have to make him like Andrew, sponsored by Andrew and Larry, like bike shirts. Yeah. Well, sports, best, sure. sports best bike shirts. We need to redistribute our funds for the um, A's and Giants <laughs> pictures and put it on Kirk's jersey. I think that's important. <laughs> I, I do. I, like that. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, I think it's a cool idea that they're going to do it. I think there's a lot, I don't know, I guess it's just a marketing thing for Zwift, but I don't know. It's basically a time trial. Everyone's doing a time trial on different stages of the tour, right? Wait a minute. So I feel like there's the professional, like the professionals are going to yeah. do this, right? 
Yeah. Like and then they're going to have Weekend Warrior races, too, that you can sign up for. Hey, Weekend Warrior, Kirk Peterson, thank you very yeah. much. Sponsored by Sports Best. Yeah. You know that um, for the Tour de France, I like how you say it, by the way. I was hoping you would say it one more time for me. No. Tour de France? Yeah, <laughs> you say it like a Texan. <laughs> That's how Lance says it. <laughs> like a Texan, once again, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a Texan. Um, you know, before the two, each specific tour, each specific race of the Tour de France in France, yeah. they open the, the um, section of roadway to anybody. So for like five hours before the race, anybody oh. can on their bike and get on and do that race, like up to the Alpe d'Huez or whatever they want to do. Yeah. We should go to France and do it next year. Dude, I would – oh, it's one of the worst races to like – or spectator sports to go because like you, you're like in the middle of the Alps. It takes you five hours to get there. And you, you find a spot. Paid. And then literally, yeah, everybody just rides their bike right past you. Yeah, like, it's not laps. It's just <laughs> one spot. I, uh, in 2013, I was at a happy hour for work, and people were talking. They were going to do a century, uh, which is a 100-mile bike ride, and Moran has one every year. Moran's north of San Francisco. And one of my friends uh, bet me that I couldn't do it. And I had never ridden more than 10 miles. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, I rode a century and it was a terrible idea. I cramped up. Um, I almost couldn't finish the race. It was terrible. Can I ask the hard question everybody wants to know? Yeah. How were the saddle sores? Oh, they were, uh, they were terrible. It was like, oozing, stuck to the sheets. I feel, like I, could, <laughs> I feel like I could do it except for the fact like my crotch region might hurt for like a long time it, it actually wasn't that bad i think the hardest thing that i didn't understand is i had never exercised for that long and i was well hydrated but i was losing so much sodium that i wasn't replenishing that i was cramping and like no matter what position i was in i was cramping and someone like randomly stopped when i was about to call them the medics to drive me in and gave me some salt tablets <laughs> cheered me right up i've never had salt tablets um for the people that are playing sports bingo, sports has yes. bingo at home. Uh -huh. If if you challenge Andrew to a beer mile, he'll accept and do it. If you challenge Andrew to a hundred mile bike ride, he'll accept and do it. Uh -huh. So I feel like anybody listening could just challenge you to something, and then you'll just do it. Yeah, basically, <laughs> um, if you challenge me, I'm gonna do it. Also, for those of you listening at home, if you want a Sports Best bingo card, you can go to our official store at repostedpodcast.com slash sportsbest, and you can put one up there and play along at home. Matt Paderno partners with NBA veteran Larry Hughes to birth into the world the Believe in Wizards podcast. Of course, he covers the NBA very carefully, and the league just so happens to be restarting in Orlando at the end of next month. Matt, thanks for coming on. So there's going to be an NBA season. This whole thing's going to work out. Players are going to stay in their hotel rooms in Orlando. LeBron James is going to lead the Lakers to a title, and that's how it's all going to go, right? That would be very nice if it played out that way. Um, you know, even while you're saying that, I, I was sort of going, eh. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, I'm still just not sold. Um, we, we talked a lot about this on, on our show last week. I'm just sort of generally naive to things, I think. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, the NBA has this snitch hotline, basically, where if you, you see an opponent sneaking out after curfew or whatever, you can rat him out. And I was like, Larry, there's no way guys will ever do this, right? And uh, he was like, no, these, a lot of these guys don't like each other. If there's an opportunity to to get somebody else eliminated they'll take it so wow I, yeah i we'll i would have assumed the same thing you did that they wouldn't 
they wouldn't rat each other out, but I guess that makes sense. Like they're all so competitive that you want to get an advantage any way you can. Yeah. I mean, I think his point was if it's something mild, like, you know, the NBA laid out all kinds of rules, like you can't play doubles for ping pong pong, because like that's the silly example that everybody seems to like resonate with, but I, I can't imagine that they would do it for something like that. But, you know, it does seem like the the health concerns here are real enough that if somebody is really being sort of irresponsible, that he wouldn't be surprised to, to see that happen. So This is what I don't understand. You know, these guys are 28-year-old superheroes making millions of dollars. They are indestructible. They obviously like to – I'm sure they've got lots of hormones running through their body. You're telling me that these guys are going to stay put for 60 days and not see anyone? Yeah, it's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, but Disney's laying out like a really good collection of of their original animated films that the players can all sit through without their families. Uh, so, I've heard people speculate that there's going to be start and stops and start and stops. I mean, have you guys talked to anybody about that or do you have insight on – it's all speculation at this point, but what do you think? I, from, from what we're hearing, they're just going to try to run through it as much as they can. And if people um, – people get sick then so be it it's the same as a as a badly rolled ankle and you just got to you know draw that line I guess where if it's the 10th guy on the bench he'd be treated the same way as the best player in the league and typically sports don't work that way but uh that's that's what they claim that they're going to try to enforce so there was an argument that restarting the NBA would take away from momentum that some of the spotlight had given to the Black Lives Matters movement the NBA is going to bring the issue well into the spotlight Uh, is this going to you know, hurt or help the players platform for the movement. So uh, two episodes ago, we had uh, Atan Thomas on that was a former wizard. And uh, Atan is like unbelievably well-spoken on, on this kind of thing. Um, you know, he's been on panels that, you know, former president Obama put together around race and, and, and reflection in society. And he wrote a book called we matter athletes and activism. So he was a good guy for us to kind of talk through that exact question with about, what's sort of the right way to handle this? And I don't think there has to be a right way to do it. You know, I mean, I, I think there's, there's legitimate pros and cons to playing and not playing. And, you know, if, if or me, I, I think I lean more toward the, why wouldn't you play? Because you're going to have a captive audience. Whereas if you sit out, okay, yeah, you know, you, you can get the news cycle for a couple weeks, but just the way everything works, it, you're kind of quickly forgotten if you're not in the public spotlight over and over and over again. So if they sit out and they don't play a season and you might get two weeks of, of attention from people, but I, you know, I, I just can't imagine that as soon as NFL training camps and things like that kick off that, uh, that, that won't kind of claim everybody's focus. So I guess we're just going to see how this NBA season this year unfolds. I'm curious more about your podcast. You guys started early this year, you teamed up with Larry Hughes and I love in your bio, it says shameless Gilbert Arenas appreciator in an episode dropped today as we're recording it June 30th. I guess, can you tell me about how, how that experience was for you? Had you interacted with Gilbert before? You know, I never had um, anything I did to cover the team was sort of uh, after after his tenure. So uh, that was it was kind of surreal for me, to be honest with you. A 15 year old me was was geeking out the entire interview. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've had enough. um you know, experiences in a locker room and things like this with, with other pro guys where they're really not all nice, great dudes. And, and the nice thing about um, my, my co-host Larry is literally the nicest human being that I know. Um, and, and I think the people he's brought on our show have been a reflection of that. So 
whatever you think about Gilbert with the, the gun incidents and things like that, um, you know, I would say maybe that was a, a lack of maturity at the time and less reflection on kind of his overall character because he, he couldn't have been nicer or, or more generous with the time, his time. We actually spent like two hours, you know, just, just shooting the shit for, for most of the time. Whereas, you know, we only ended up using a little over an hour of it, but I, I think he would have gone for two more hours just because he's a, a basketball junkie and, and kind of was enjoying it. Yeah, I was actually, I was surprised having listened to the episode from the public perception that I had of him and just, he came across as, as really nice. Uh, I love me some Agent Zero. So at some particular point in the summer, basketball theoretically is going to be going, baseball is going to be theoretically going, the NFL will be playing games. Of course, me and you, Matt, will probably be watching it all. Andrew has better things to do. <laughs> what do you think is... Is the NBA going to come out as the clear winner? The NFL just plays on Sundays. What do you think, where do you think people's eyeballs are going to go? You know, this is definitely an interesting sort of use case for them. They've talked for years about, well, why, you know, why we should or shouldn't play in the summer and could you move the season back? And I think that's sort of been kind of beaten to death over, over what that would look like. But the idea of playing games during the day, I mean, I don't know about you guys and, and, and your day jobs, and, and, but hey, if there's a three o'clock game on and I don't have a meeting or something, I'll, I'll tune into that. I'll, I'll watch, uh, you know, Kings, Suns, or you know, two teams that, that realistically aren't going to make the playoffs if it, if it fills some time. So I think what they're doing is smart. Um, I wouldn't play anything on Sundays or, or you know, depending <laughs> on if there's overlap. But yeah, I think there's enough room for all these things to coexist right now. I mean, I think a lot of people are running into this. Okay, we're sort of, uh, we've kind of churned through our Netflix queue already. Um, you know, what, what do we fill time with? So I think the more sports, the better. Yeah, it seems like most of the things were originally scheduled just because of out of necessity. And now what the leagues have turned into in these multi-billion dollar corporations, they just need to be optimized for viewership. And I, I think it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out. I think the NBA is well positioned to come out a leader with the recognizability, what's that word? How recognizable all the players are. Hey, can I, can I ask you guys a question on that real quick? Yeah. What, for each of the major sports, when was the last time, or maybe how many times in their season would you say you watched either a full basketball game, a full football game, or a full baseball game? It's so much, you check in for a little bit, then you catch up and you do the game cast on your phone, or you scroll through Twitter and see the results. So, this is going to be really interesting for all of them about sort of what next level, you know, media coverage um, it does for, for these leagues and, and how they, how they can get eyes on their product with, you know, not just people staring at the screen for the straight three hours. I would just like to respond to your question, Matt, by saying, if I didn't have this damn third kid, I would be watching a whole lot more. That's fair. Very fair. Damn it. But I hadn't thought about that, but I don't think I've watched a regular season full game in a long time. I think the NFL has an interesting product, or maybe it's a dish network is the red zone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to watch football. And you want to see the action. And, and I, I guess I'm curious to see different ways the NBA would be able to put their product out there in more of a clip format. I don't know if there is one outside of like sports centers highlights. I mean, for, for the folks, you know, younger than, than any of us, they're, they're not watching games, period. It's, I watched what Luca did for a 90-second clip on Twitter or TikTok or, or whatever else, uh, you know, the next thing is. So that, that's why I think, you know, moving away from traditional, you know, regional TV deals and all that stuff is going to be huge for them.
Matt, I totally pegged you as a TikTok guy. I knew it. So I'm assuming you were been a Wizards fans for a long time. Sadly. So I was watching the Michael Jordan documentary, you know, the 10-part series, and I was waiting for them to show MJ as a wizard, but it never came on. The, what happened? I mean, the glorious years of Washington, D.C., Michael? The, uh, the last, last dance. There's, um, <laughs> there's a book by a guy named Mike Leahy that wrote for the Washington Post called When Nothing Else Matters. Um, <laughs> And, and it's the book version, I think, of everything you would have wanted The Last Dance to be, which was really good, by the way. But um, I wanted like a little bit more. And it's, you know, it's 400 pages of MJ just calling Kwame Brown like four letter words. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, he comes off a lot worse than that. And, and I think that's the one, the one downside to some of these documentaries, you know how critical of Michael Jordan is a Michael Jordan produced documentary going to be? How critical of Lance Armstrong is a Lance Armstrong produced documentary going to be? It's there's, there's just a line where they're, you know, they're willing to show they're human, but, but not also, you know, kill their rep. But this book, like you will come out of it thinking differently about him and it's worth a read if, if that's something that interests you. Okay. Well, okay. I'm going to say MJ is my favorite wizard of all time. I'm going to say it's from my heart. Like it. It's from my heart. Like it. Um, if you would like to listen to the best podcast of all time on the Washington Wizards, heiress known as the Bullets, you should give the follow to Matt Moderno and his partner Larry Hughes at Believe in Wizards. That's at Believe in Wizards. I hope I get to talk Wizards for the rest of my life now that we're fast friends, Matt. Anytime. I'm happy to, to, I'm happy to talk about the most uh, pitiful franchise in the NBA whenever you guys want. Thank you very much. Uh, for Andrew Keller... I moved his couch last weekend. I'm Larry Olson with the back ball. See you next week.